All right, who's ready for the EdTech Pod Squad Live podcast? Woo! Welcome to the EdTech Pod Squad, a monthly show where five Missouri EdTech leaders talk, share, and reflect on their own teaching and learning. The conversation with Josh Howard, Samantha Hardesty Knoll, Aaron Lawson, Jonathan Lee, and me, JP Presvento, starts right now. What's up, EdTech Pod Squad people? This is JP Presavento, one of your five co-hosts of the Pod Squad. I'm coming to you today because we don't have a full, real EdTech Pod Squad episode for you this month. Instead, episode 17 for July of 2019 will be the second half of the EdTech Pod Squad live podcast show from ISTE 2019. If you listened to our episode in June 2019, you heard our live recording from ISTE all about how bold educators activate change in their school districts. So after that live podcast ended, we actually had the rest of our session where we talked about the process and the why behind the EdTech Pod Squad. Well, guess what? I actually hit record on that conversation as well. And that's what we're going to bring you today is episode 17, the second half of the EdTech Pod Squad Live at ISTE, where we talk all about the process and the why behind this EdTech Pod Squad. So now I'm going to say goodbye, and we are going to pick up right in our ISTE session where I hit record and we talk about the process and the why behind the EdTech Pod Squad. I hope you enjoy, and we'll see you back in August 2019. Hey, and if I could jump in just real quick, you know, we didn't, and I think like we, that. just oh. like, exactly like <laughs> what I'm doing now, right. So That's we, um, one thing we usually, we talk a lot about the why behind um, everything we're doing, right? And we touched on it a little bit at the beginning, and we had a poster session that I know some of you guys were hanging out with yesterday, yeah. and we talked a lot about the why yesterday. Our why behind the podcast really is like it's this is our PLN. Like we, you know, take this one hour a month or whatever when we get together and we talk, and it's our opportunity to learn from each other and hear about the pockets of greatness that are happening in our individual school districts. So part of the reason you know, we have this unstructured conversation because we don't always know exactly what we're going to learn about from each other or where the conversation is going to take us, and we're really okay with that. We're just putting forward our hey, here's our idea, here's our learning, and we're just sharing that with you know with everyone who wants to listen. So, um, anything you guys want to add on that? I think those we kind of covered. Um, Sorry, so, the way that we <laughs> do the recording, like what you saw up here is pretty much how it usually looks. So, we just use a program called Zoom that is just a video conferencing software. And, I mean, for lack of a better term, we just record the meeting and rip the audio out of that meeting. So, what we did here is exactly what it looks like. I think this is the first time we've ever all been in the same place. Second. We were, no, we did, yeah. Oh, we did live one at MEC. That's right. Okay. Right. I was thinking back at ISTE when you guys were by the bathroom and I had right. the we uh, video conference. But that's kind of the cool thing about like the way that we record is we never have to be in the same place. And that's one of the strengths of it is like since we can just video conference or, you know, I think Jonathan's even been in his car sometimes when we do these episodes, like he just connected through his phone, is we, we block out that time. We ha we just we'd like to have that conversation. So like something like Zoom. And as long as you have a device that records, your phone, 
uh, laptops, you know, if, if we're in our office, your desktop computer, like whatever that thing is, if it's got a microphone and you can hear everybody else, you're, you're, you're creating that professional conversation where the real, you know, all that learning and that professional growth kind of naturally flows from. So yeah, the recording part's super easy. Do you want to talk a little bit about the actual equipment that you're using, JP? For some people that are nerdy like you that might want to know. JP's, yeah, JP's like the audiophile recording guru. Yeah, guy, not, so. not, not uh, very much. But yeah, so um, you know, one of the things with Zoom, we use Zoom because it's easy. It's one click to hit record, one click to download that audio. And that's really important because you know, we don't have time to spend a bunch of time doing all kinds of stuff. Um, we have a couple mics up here today. We have these guys, this um, Audio Technica. They're like 60 bucks. Um, and I started with one of these. And one of those grew into two, which grew into three. And then I bought this guy right here, which is, it's a Zoom H4N recorder. And what it does, it has these two microphone guys. They'll stick out here. And right now they're pointing this way, so it's recording Josh and myself. But if I turn them, and I'm sure in the back that was really beneficial watching me turn the microphone. <laughs> um, it becomes an omnidirectional. You did do it. I can verify. So it will actually record. It will pick up a lot more sound around the room. And this guy actually records on a on an SD card that can pop right out into my computer. So when we're doing something live like this and we want to get four or five people mic'd up, it's really easy to do with this particular device. This isn't something like if you're trying to get into podcasting in your classroom, it's not necessarily something that you're going to run out and buy. It's a little pricier than something I would use in the classroom. Um, but it's a really great device when you're thinking about how do I catch audio from five people at once and you can like hook into your DSL cam DSLR camera and all kinds of stuff. And JP just got that, so this is our first yeah, episode. Yeah, this is like playing with this. Yeah, so there's a chance that nothing recorded, I guess. <laughs> all that to say, and that's well and good, you do not have to run out and buy a bunch of stuff. The mic on your laptop works fine. That's what mm -hmm. I mean. I, I don't use anything. I was gonna say I think I, I happen to have one I use for student projects, a blue snowball, which is a decent microphone that works well, but I just take it out of our makerspace whenever I do the podcast and I go put it back. So like don't go throw a bunch of money at it. Like just use what you got. Like that the the, the power comes from the conversation, not the quality of the audio. Yeah, I like my traffic copter logic. <laughs> traffic awesome. cop traffic awesome. copter. Um <laughs> So once we're finished recording in Zoom, like uh, they were saying down there, uh, I can't remember if it was JP or, or Josh, but um, Zoom will record both the audio and the um, video. And also since we're doing podcasts, we just take the audio portion and download it and it comes down as a file. Um, we then convert that so it goes in Audacity as an MP3. And then we have to take out all of the bells that ring because Josh is in the school, doesn't have a fancy office. and. And I just am in the house, and who knows, a dog may bark, or my house phone may ring, or whatever. So, um, you know, we just go through some editing features on Audacity, and then we export that, and we put that into Anchor. Anchor is that free software, and we go from there. Yeah. One track or five? Just one. So all five of you on one track. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's how Zoom does it. Like if if for this, or if you had a different setup where you had everybody had a different line, like the way is this all does this all record to one so track? So this one is gonna record to three tracks. Yeah, because so he has three my on. input mics. But like Zoom doesn't distinguish between that since it's a video conferencing yeah. thing. But like if you wanted, you could set up a set of mics and have those mm -hmm. record like something like Audacity and you'd have different lines mm -hmm. for each mic. And there are other services too. Like one, I did someone's podcast a couple weeks ago, and we use a service called Squadcast, and it's online, and then it pulls everyone into its own track, and it's like twenty bucks a month, and it's not something that we're, you know we're not going to spend money on it though. Right. 
And if you're a We Video district, is anybody a We Video district? Yeah. What? 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 <laughs> if you're a We Video district, they've just released that you can do just audio recordings on that as well, which is really nice if you're wanting to do podcasting with your kids. Oh, I'll throw this out there too. If you use Screencastify, you can export a screencast. A screencast is an MP3 now, which is how my students do podcasting. So that's a pretty neat feature. And five, since well, we're throwing things out. Yeah, sorry. You know, <laughs> um, I. We have a Flipgrid channel on my other podcast, the MTC podcast, and um, that obviously records video. Um, you download that as an MP4. If you put that in the VLC, right, which is the, the video, what does VLC say? A little triangle, traffic cone thing? The little traffic cone app. Um, it will convert the MP4 to an MP3, which is just audio. So then I, so I converted that YouTube or uh, Flipgrid video into an audio track that I can put into a podcast. So um, that, uh, I think it's VLC. Thank you. VLC. VCR, whatever it is. Um, you can <laughs> take that MP4 and convert it over to MP3 so you have that audio track that you can dump into something, too. And what's and that last thing we use, The last you thing is cover that uh, third we get our audio point. library from YouTube. If you go into YouTube, you have access to a bunch of different um, clips, sounds that you can use for free. Um, they have different versions. So some will say you just have to give us credit. Some will say we don't care if you give us credit or not. Um, but all of that is in... YouTube and they are 100% free, so it's pretty cool to use. And they have sound effects and like yeah. background tracks. So a lot of times, if a podcast has a more slick production job, like you know, you want to have like intro music and all that stuff. Like none of that's necessary, but once you start doing it, you kind of want to have those kind of things as part of what you do. And we have bumpers already set up on the front end and the back end, right? Yeah. Is that, is that what they're called? Yeah. Bumpers. Yes. Look at you. You're talking wow, like JP. So, yeah, that we use, and that way we don't have to re-record that, because um, at, at any time in one of our recording, one of us forgets our name, our Twitter handle, if we have a Twitter handle, yeah. so um, we have that already set up to kind of eliminate some of the bumps. Yeah, and that's, you know, and that's part of the, I guess, the production value of the podcast, and I was talking to someone a few weeks ago about that exact thing, and making sure if any of that, that you know, if this is something that you're going to get into, whether you're doing the kind of thing that we're doing, or we're saying, we're just having a conversation, we're going to put it out there for the world, and try to make it sound a little professional by having something at the beginning and end, or if you're putting together your own kind of big time show, you know, pre-recording that intro and that outro, those bumpers, and any transitional music you have, Doing that once, saving that as you know an MP3 file, and just being able to drop that at the beginning and the end of your um, of your episode, that saves so much time. You have the consi consistency, and being the PR guy now, um, helps you build your individual brand as well. The next thing, so one thing that we all, it kind of sounds as we're going through that we each have a, our own job that we channel, but we kind of all do a little bit of everything. Um, is the promotion aspect of it. So, like again, at its core, the EdTech Pod Squad is us just getting together to learn from each other. But we're hitting record, so we may as well try and get it out to people. Um, so just a couple of things we do. You know, um, I'm going to start at the bottom there with if the, with if. Um, anyone, if this, then that fans know what I'm talking about? What, what, anyone? A couple of us. So if this, then that is an internet automation tool. And basically, you can set up different, they call them recipes. And you can say, if one thing happens, so if I publish a blog post to edtechpodsquad.com, then send out a tweet from my Twitter handle. And it does that automatically for you. And it's a super, super useful tool. Like Josh tweets 85 times a day from If This Then That. 
Um, sometimes, yeah. You know, and if you have the like the home automation stuff, you can even like turn my kitchen lights on every night or if it's gonna rain or there's a really fun um get me out of a bad call thing oh, yeah, like yeah, get good. a phone call to get you get out that one that's, 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 that's that's good um but if this then that is a way that we kind of we try to ease our workload by we're gonna post on the blog and then it's gonna tweet for, it's gonna do the tweeting for us um, you know, another thing we have, you know, for us, we have the social media pre- we're, well, we don't have, we're developing a social media presence at EdTech Pod Squad. if you're interested in kind of hearing that kind of thing. And, you know, we just do that again, just to kind of get our names out there and get the word out there about our show a little bit. Um, again, we're not all about the the promotion and the making sure that we have a million downloads or We whatever. don't make any money on this, so <laughs> it's, it's purely a professional tool right. for us. But we do like, we don't go through all this trouble so nobody will listen to it either, so we want to make sure we're... We're getting it out to people. Who right. And we, you know, we feel like the, there's a good conversation to be had for folks, so we want to make sure they, um, they can use it. And as far as a website, what we do for promoting, we just have a super simple blogger set up. Um, each episode, we just embed the, the episode and copy and paste the show notes down in that blogger, and we can link out to that in our tweets, and it's, I mean, it's super simple. It's a blog. And then the last thing, the, the thing that might be, I think, if this and that was new to you guys, but the only thing that's like new and kind of cool is this thing called Headliner. Um, and this is an app that you guys can use, and there's an education version that your kiddos can use too. And it's a way to take your audio files, and you can add um, images in the background. So like I'll do on my other podcast, uh, The Bits and Bites of Education, I'll do a headliner for every episode. And I'll just take a little teaser clip of the audio. So I'll take the first 10 seconds, they call that the cold open, um, and put that in this headliner app. And I overlay an image behind it, and then it, it puts in the sound bars, so you can like see the, the words going up and down. It's kind of catchy. And then it, the thing that's really neat about Headliner is it will actually transcribe the audio for you as well. So you can take that audio from, and it's at, it's, if you Google Headliner app, it's on the web, it's free. Um, they like, don't even make you put their watermark on there, which is kind of slick. Um, and it'll transcribe the audio too, and you can put it in different formats. The, the um, square, um, go to my Twitter, and in my Twitter header I have one. Oh, okay. JP Press. Um, <laughs> what's in case you forgot, uh, two Z's. But it's it's just a real slick way to give that promotion. And then if you need to, and it should be pinned. This yeah, one? is that? that oh yeah, this. So this trick? is the. And it's kind. Of, they're kind of neat. Oh, I have the volume down. So like you get the animated picture and the piece of audio from that. So that's like. It's like a promo for what, click on this, go to the website, listen to the whole episode. They take about a minute and a half to put together, and they're kind of slick. And again, and bringing this back to classroom application, um, that's a that's something that your kids could do to tell the story of what they're learning. I could you know totally see you throw the kid throwing an image back there, giving the summary of the story, and then you know you can turn that into like the they have the Instagram story, the Instagram post, or whatever else you want to do. You can customize it. It's pretty slick, and that's kind of. So, what I usually do, because like as I'm pressed for time, when I do this, I record a cold cold open every time. Whether it's on episode, this is the bits and bytes of education. We're going to bump, 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 and then I stop the recording and I'll copy that that little bit of audio out of Audacity, the recording software. Pull that into a new file, save it as an MP3, and then move it into Headliner from there. So I'm not recording a second piece of audio. I'm just taking what I already had at the beginning of my show. If I wanted to invest more time in it and sound, I probably would, but I, I'm giving it every second I can. What's the time? Do what? How much, how long is 
Um, I don't know if they're really limited. I, I keep it to 15 seconds because my because though is because I put it in my Instagram stories and I only want it to I want like I learned the hard way that more than 15 seconds it goes like another video clip. So I try to limit it to that first little video clip. That's also like social media strategy in general. Like if you are if you run like a school district Facebook or something, if your video is six minutes long, nobody's gonna watch the whole thing. So like a powerful 15 second video is much will get a lot more traction than a. You know, big long thing. Mm-hmm. You got to sit and watch it. And all I have thirty seconds, but whatever. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I way to innovate a, with the, the very, social media strategy. It's good. Very similar. I use uh, my Soundwise. It's a very similar um, app. It does come doesn't do the transcription uh, transcribe it do, but um, it does the same thing with Soundwaves, and um, it's all completely free too. But I just like JP said, I just go through as I'm editing. Ooh, that's a nice clip, and uses it's the thirty seconds of like oh, I want to highlight this. Copy it to a new um, Audacity file and then download it and, like you said, add it to that uh, audio-wise there. That was my sound. What was it called? Audio-wise. 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 Audio sorry, my sound-wise. You're right. My sound-wise. Can I pull it up? Yeah, thank you. Whoops, I spelled it with a Z. I'm like in app mode. Everything's spelled differently than it's supposed to be. This, mysoundwise.com. Oh, cool. I've never seen this before. I haven't either. So there is a subscription piece to this one, but... Uh, let's go to. What's something I should do here? Log in. Yeah, I think it's log in. <laughs> oh, you don't have any logins. <laughs> no, you're hang gonna. On, hang on. Go to uh, slash wave on underscore video. Mine's on this. Now, so I just. Slash. Wave underscore video. And this, so this is oh, what okay. our podcast is like. That we are like we're learning from each other the whole time. Yeah, I don't know anything about this, but it sounds cool. So, so you scroll should down. Do uh, like, is this an example right here? Stories help your audience, your prospective buyer. Oh, it's cool. Oh, it's a lot like yeah. the other one. Exactly. So Amazing. scroll this one. Had, uh, I think yours probably has the same thing, but you just basically oh, keep going actually, down a little bit. That's pretty you cool. You put it top, minimum, bottom, but you just upload the audio clip right there. You want to ask, ask if you want a square or a rectangle. Upload the image, put your email address, and usually about 30 seconds later, it kicks it back to you. Cool. Oh, that's cool. So, but it does not, like I said, does not have the um, transcribe. And so that's a video, so you can like put it on your Twitter or your Instagram? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I do 30 seconds because I usually highlight the guests, and I find it really hard. I even cut off 30 seconds of, of, of an answer, um, but, but yeah. So, so we're, oh, oh, sorry. You're, so, no, it's you. We're good. Okay, so we um, <laughs> just want to open it up for any questions. If anybody has anything specific they want to ask about how we produce um, the EdTech Pod Squad, we're happy to entertain those questions. Podcasting in general, questions, anything you want to know, how we work, we, I mean, let it, let, any questions, nothing, nothing uh, off limits. Mm, no. what, what are you having for dinner tonight? Back here, yeah. Yeah, I've um, kind of looked through years ago some YouTube videos about actually putting the, once you finish the audio, putting that onto the, uh, I, I don't even know what they call podcast catchers. Or uh-huh. How hard is that process today? So. It's like Anchor. Yeah, there's an easy way and there's a less easy way, honestly. So on, like on my podcast, and I know when Jonathan did his, um, we had to go in and kind of register and create an iTunes account. It took probably 15 minutes or whatever. Um, but we use Anchor.fm to distribute our podcast. So Anchor is a tool that will allow you to actually record, edit, distribute, and listen to podcasts. And with Anchor, it's literally a click. You, it, 
it says, where all do you want your podcast to go? You say Apple, Google, Spotify, Overcast, Stitcher, Sorry. and Shut up, Siri. automatically, it does the work for you. Does it cost? No. No, Anchor's free. So you, you post it to Anchor. It'll, it's kind of like an RSS fee. It'll send it out to all these platforms. You don't have to do any of the legwork. And for the other ones, because um, we use Podbean for other, uh, our other podcasts, and the trick is really just kind of finding out how the, those individual feeders collect the information. Um, like when I got started, I said, so okay, how, how do I get my podcast on Apple Podcasts? And usually there's a step-by-step -step list. Um, for Apple, there's an application process you have to go through. Um, I think for radio.com uh, or something, there's another application. So some of them did have different forms you could fill out, but it's all, they're always looking for that RSS feed that you get off your, whatever you're using to record. So um, some are a little different, but like I said, Anchor is super easy. You just click it and go. There's no going to individual sites. So. If you have an icon picture, you can put that on there. Yep. yep. Yeah, and if you put that on Anchor, it, it distributes that out to all those platforms as well. So if you, if you like looked at ours on Apple Podcasts, it's going to have our logo. Yep. We didn't go to Apple Podcasts and put it on there. Anchor does all that for you. And another thing about Anchor, if you don't want to, or if you don't have time to, or can't design your own logo, they have like stock logos for you. And I'll tell you, a conversation Jonathan and I have had is that if we were going to start our podcasts over again, we both would distribute them from Anchor. Yeah. yeah I was going to ask, what's the value of using something other than a one-click like Anchor? Um, I use Libsyn, so if anybody yeah. wants to talk later. Yeah. yeah we, I, when I was searching, um, we started a lot of analytics. Podbean. Um, I looked at Limsa too. I think it's like a dollar cheaper. Um, so they're very similar, I think. I think I'd like some features of Limsa better. Um, and actually, we started the first four months, we were using the free version. Um, but then I was realized, because I didn't use it first. I had, I like, my first episode was like number four. Because um, I tried to use it through a different service. And, um, but anyways, when I finally started using Podbean, I wanted to upload all three, all four at one time. And to do that, I had to, and so um, now I just release you know more content. So I went and paid it's like uh, probably like six three dollars a year or something like that. So it's not terrible. Um, I have unlimited access to so. Yes, ma'am. What kind of advice would you give to a teacher who is just starting out and wanting to have a student podcast? Hmm. So <clears throat> I do a lot of student podcasting. So I'll uh, give you some advice here. The main thing is. Don't, um, like everything we've done here, you can kind of do the same process with students. What, like what grade are you talking, like what age band are you talking about? Anything? I, I want to try and get any of my Okay, so, uh, oh, okay, you're like a tech coach? Yeah. Okay, so um, my recommendation is come to teachers and use it as a, maybe a capstone or, or a demonstration or per performance assessment version of the work they're already doing. So that's what I do a lot. Like our kids will do like book talk podcasts or they'll do storytelling podcasts or the, and so your teachers will then see it as an extension of the content they're already teaching. Then um, the preparation is always the most important thing with kids. So I use graphic organizers with the students and I literally break the kids up into groups and I'll have them kind of scaffold out a podcast with a structure on a graphic organizer based on all the work they've already done. So like, you know, they've done a two week unit on famous, you know, explorers or something. Right. And they're going to do a podcast on this one. So they're just going to take all that research information and they're going to kind of format it into a, a B conversation. 
And I don't have them script the whole thing out. I just have them practice a conversation a few times so they kind of know the ins and outs. They know the highlights. They know what the other people are going to ask. And then, like, the easiest part should always be the, the recording because the kids are going to have a, the, a harder time, like, doing the work and, like, doing the research and all that. Don't make the recording be the thing that takes two weeks. Have the research and the development of the podcast be the thing that takes two weeks because that's the real learning. And so, like, when we do the podcast, we'll just have the kids sit down and record it. They'll do it in one shot, you know, five minutes. They author the thing. They publish it. And then you can use something like Anchor or, you know, what I do with younger students is I'll just have them record an MP3 with, like, Screencastify or WeVideo, like we were talking about earlier, and put that on a Google site. uh, Sometimes teachers and parents get uh, nervous about privacy. So that's another thing to consider is podcasts are designed for an audience, but you get to control the audience in a school setting. So just decide what you want the audience to be and then uh, act in accordance. We met with a teacher yesterday, sorry. We met with a teacher yesterday um, while we were doing our poster session and she used Synth, the app Oh, Synth is another platform that is good. I mean, she taught me it in five minutes while she was at our poster session. So she, she used that app Synth. She just, like her workflow was that she made sure that she had all the questions written out on little index cards that she uses. She used it with us and recorded us real quickly, but she uses the same strategy with her students. And then she had a great idea of having um, students do podcasting with buddies. So she partnered up 12th graders with kindergartners, and they were pod, they had podcasts that they went back and forth with, um, and they were teaching each other things, which I thought was really a, a great idea. So I just pulled Synth up here on the screen. The way Synth works is you get, they get an account. It, to do a podcast, you just hit the plus button. It's, you get 256 seconds. So, like, I kind of like that because kids don't always know how long that is. So it starts counting up, and it keeps things short without, like, you know, if they need to do another one, they can. But it's kind of like the of audio version of Flipgrid where kids can have these threaded conversations, so you could do it that way. Or well, didn't it, wasn't it a takeover from Recap? It was. Okay. So if you know what Recap was, it was kind of like Flipgrid before Flipgrid kind of took that market. But um, okay. So they, they, they became an audio version of Flipgrid instead of emphasizing video, which... They said they still do video, but um, obviously. What was the name of that again? This is called Synth. Synth. The website is GoSynth. It's kind of hard to find if you Google it. So GoSynth.com will get you that URL to use it. And that's a real uh, quick and dirty way to get kids to do audio. Like all you got to do is hit start record. And you basically have a classroom account. And you can see every kid. And you can see all their posts. And you can go on there and just listen to it um, at your leisure. Um, there's plenty of podcasts out there. What I do is uh, I, I have a pretty good backlog of student developed and recorded podcasts that I will have kids listen to. So if you can, if you can find stuff like that, and I, I can share those things to you if you're interested, um, just you know, go to our website, go to the contact, and DM me on Twitter or shoot me an email or something. But I can send you what I do. Another thing that I do is I will record the, a podcast in the vein of what I expect them to do, and it'll just be me. So that way, like I can, I can control that to where it's almost exactly the same exact assignment. The student can then like model their project off of what I did. Like, okay, you had a, you had three segments, you had an intro, you had a content, and you had an ending, or you know, then they know exactly what. Okay, this part sounds like this. This part sounds like this. 
Erin mentioned yesterday that she actually went into a teacher's classroom and she and the teacher modeled that for the students, what that podcast would look like in front of them so students could see what that conversation That's a good like. way to do it too is if, if, if you break that process down so simple, the way that I do it with kids, like I can have a kid record a podcast with me in front of the class and we can publish it before I leave. So that way they know like, oh, that's not too hard. The other thing I do, I don't know if I mentioned this, is when the kids are developing that structure of what the podcast is going to look like, have them go through that conversation like two or three times before they ever record it just so they kind of know what to expect and they can fill out that organizer based on responses that they kind of know are coming. But I don't like them to script it out because it doesn't sound like a natural conversation, which is what you were saying too. So yeah, don't have them write out every word, just kind of like the big parts where they can kind of take off from the idea that they know that they want to talk about for that particular moment. And an example of, sorry, of some of student podcasts, uh, we listen to Brains On podcast and they have another one called Forever Ago and they're great. They're like great podcasts that kids do. Like the one that we listened to just a second, like with my son was about emojis. Sorry to belabor this. If you want to contact me, I have a whole resource of student podcasts to give to students. Yeah. Just shoot me a DM and I'll, anybody, I will send that to you. So like finding people in a field and like, like having students talk to them. Yeah. Uh, I've never done anything like that, but I know it's definitely possible because there's just so many ways that you can network and get kids together with like an expert in an area that, of, that they have of interest. And I think you could totally turn that into a project, but that's not one that I've particularly done. Do you guys have any experience with anything like that? So I think it's, if you just kind of follow the podcasting process, you find, uh, yeah, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You can present here up here with us next yeah. year. <laughs> yes, sir. You guys know of a school district or a school that has podcasting as a distinct course in the degree. You do? Didn't that one that has a radio station in Missouri? What is what's that one? And the thing is, to me, podcasting is kind of the equivalent of a form of journalism. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to be a Listen to something like Serial and then tell us tell somebody that isn't journalism, because it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so, so the point really is that, to me, there could be some kids who will look at podcasting as a possible career. Right. Mm -hmm. And to have that as a course where you're not just literally producing a podcast, but looking at it as a larger entity, as a business entity, I think could be interesting. Oh, yeah. It and it's the, the uh, entry point is much lower than like something like being, becoming a YouTuber. And there's less video, like you don't have to know how to use Final Cut Pro. Like if you can use Audacity, you can have a slick podcast. So like wh what happens a lot and what I see a lot is your podcasting choices for students gets lumped into your broadcasting or your digital, AV, your whatever the current AV club is, right? Like that's what, who does podcasts and it's like a thing you did for a week and you saw what it was. But I think it can be like an enduring project that can be part of a kid's like footprint of their, you know, here's the stuff I did in high school, here's my podcast, here's all the episodes. There's a superintendent uh, in New York who has a, um, he has a competition for TV. And so one, at his school, in his school district, they have TV as a course, okay? And so I was thinking they could have podcasting as a course and do the similar sort of thing of having that competition in 
the state, it's a New York State competition now. It's just, it's just to me, there's so many podcasts that are doubling, tripling every year. Yeah. And, and people it, it love them. People listen to them all the time. Huge audience. NPR just did a kid comedy. Yeah, they did. Right. That just ended, but I we had some of our kids submitting to that, and that was very cool because there was a NPR had a ton of resources, so I'm sure that'll come around again, and that'd be a thing to look out to Absolutely. any teacher in, in a lot of situations. Do you have a question? This is all totally new to me. So, um, where else can I go to get ideas on how to have the students do it in the classroom? Um, if you want to contact me, I will send you a whole pile of stuff. Uh, my, you can go to my website. Uh, it's joshchthoward.com. Or you can just send, send me a message on Twitter, at joshchthoward. And, or you go to the Pod Squad page. My contact's on there, too. But, I, I mean, this is a huge chunk of what I have been doing the past year is presenting this, working this with students, having, like, just trying to get this creative outlet for kids to be more of a normal thing that are, is offered. So I have a ton of resources I've accumulated that I would love to share with you if you uh, reach out. There's another resource, um, and I'll share this. That Jeff Bradbury is an educator out in New Jersey, and he has, I think, like 9,900 podcasts. I don't know. But, yeah, he started this website. It's podcastingwithstudents.com, um, and it's really it's his guide to getting uh, classroom podcasting going. And it's, pretty, it, it's really slick. All right. Um, any other questions? Thank you so much for yeah, joining thank us you guys today. for coming. Really it's great. Appreciate it. Please feel free to reach out if you have any questions. Thank you guys. And thank you to our fan club in the front row. Oh, relax. If you want to know, um, Josh is the official winner with three points for innovate during the conversation. So we had a little contest to see who could say innovate the most times during our uh, session. Uh, so. I would have done better. Oh, you weren't around last night when we set it up. So. <laughs> This has been another episode of the EdTech Pod Squad. We'll see you next month for more sharing and reflecting with Josh Howard, Samantha Hardesty-Knoll, Aaron Lawson, Jonathan Lee, and me, J.P. Prezaventer.